Welcome to the Four Geeks Podcast, where we share everything about business, technology, growth marketing, and provide advice on how startups can build their products and predict revenue. Thank you for tuning in. Don't miss our new episodes every week. This podcast is produced by Four Geeks Productions. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Four Geeks Podcast. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about blockchain and all this technology and relevances. For today's podcast, we have an excellent guest. Guess who? I'm going to have his introduction. He's co-founder of EOS Costa Rica, where he oversees partnerships and business development. He's an avid fintecher. So he goes from financial traditionals to this new technology. He's an avid fintecher, as I said before, with a particular focus on application of blockchain technology in finance. For today, we're going to have Edgar Fernandez as our guest. Welcome, Edgar, and thank you for being part of this podcast and joining us. How you doing? Great. Thank you so much, uh, Shanine, for having me over and a uh, big fan of, of Four Geeks podcast. So uh, glad to be here today. This is unbelievable. We are all very excited to have you here and to share your knowledge, your vast knowledge on everything regarding blockchain and fintech. So for starters, I would like to know a little bit more about you and who's Edgar, how he became this huge expert on fintech and blockchain today. Well, um, thank you so much for the kind words. I don't know if, if um, when it comes to technology, especially when it's very innovative and new, it's hard to say anyone's an expert. So uh, I'll do my best to try and explain it today. Um, well, as you mentioned, my name's Edgar Fernandez. I'm, I'm, I'm a Costa Rican, um, but I was, um, brought uh, to the U.S. early on in my, in my educational career, and I spent uh, 12 years in New York City working with uh, large international banks, uh, Barclays and Bank of America Merrill Lynch, uh, in uh, emerging markets, mostly focused in Latin America. Um, and I've always uh, viewed myself as someone who wanted to bring that uh, knowledge back to Costa Rica and Latin America in general. So in 2018, uh, I left banking aside and uh, joined the the force of, of technology and specifically uh, blockchain and uh, and started to um, a new endeavor uh, in, in conjunction with my co-founder, my brother, Javier Fernandez. But uh, yeah, that's a little bit about myself. Um, and as you can see, I'm in sunny Costa Rica right now, <laughs> not in New York City. Okay, okay, that's good to know. First of all, thank you for being so humble. That's true. It's a very... Um, how you say this, it has a lot of advances and it's con constantly advancing and everything. But we have to give you some clap to yourself and a good pat on your back shoulder because you're doing a great job, actually. We have been seeing everything, how you're being developing yourself as a international entrepreneur and at the same time as a fintecher. <laughs> so... Can you tell us a little bit more about the industry 4.0? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, uh, it's either considered the, 
the second era of or second revolution of the digital age or the fourth industrial revolution. Um, and that encompasses uh, technologies, uh, you know, as, as you know, if you want to grab them all as 4.0, but that's big data, mm -hmm. cloud computing, blockchain, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, machine learning, um, all of these technologies that really are changing the way that uh, not only automated, uh, automating a lot of, of our, our, our tasks and, 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 and traditional labor positions, mm -hmm. but also changing, having massive changes to how our society is uh, put together, the architecture of our society. And uh, in those technologies, we believe blockchain mm -hmm. is fundamental. Fundamental like the internet is fundamental. It changes everything because we'd like to call it, it's the, the collective memory, right? Mm -hmm. If we have all these new technologies that are creating all these new uh, data structures and producing terabytes and terabytes about, of data about ourselves, um, we need to know who has access to that data, mm -hmm. how is it secured, who, is, who can buy and sell it, do we know about that? And, and whether we're being opt-in or we're, we're opting in to uh, others having access. So, for example, if we have an autonomous vehicle, the amounts of data that a vehicle is going to produce and knowing where we're going, who we're going to go see and when we're doing it. Uh, if we have a, uh, an Internet of Things or a sensor that manages um, my heart rate, for example, mm -hmm. who has access to that data? What can they do with it? And do I know? Um, and I think blockchain is a great tool to really keep a, a record of, who has access and to provide real ownership of your data. So taking back your data in a sense. Um, and that's why we believe even though technology, uh, the fourth industrial revolution encompasses all these different technologies, uh, one of the, the, the backbone layers is going to be blockchain and the way that we structure the data that, that all these, you know, very aspiring technologies are going to be producing. Thank you. Thank you. That's very interesting. That's a great answer. So, Going through this that same line, so we were talking about blockchain. Can you give you some other benefits if you start using this technology as users and as administrators? Yeah, maybe we'll take a step back and, and mm -hmm. try and um, define a bit what what blockchain is when we when we talk about it. I know it's been um, in in a lot of hype cycles, mm -hmm. like new exciting technology usually is. Um, so blockchain starts as the underlying technology behind Bitcoin, mm -hmm. which appears in uh, 2009 with Satoshi Nakamoto's white paper. And what, what it is, is a, a, a distributed ledger. So it's a distributed registry of data where multiple users uh, have a copy and can access it. Mm -hmm. So it's a decentralized database in a sense where multiple users all have a a up-to-date copy. So as data comes uh, in or transactions are um, validated in this network, everyone has a, a clear copy of, 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 of that. Um, and, you know, we talk about transactions and a lot of people associate it with, with finance and financial transactions. Um, but but, but that, that can be any date, type of data, right? It can be um, a, um, a social media post Right? It could be content. Content is data, and you can prove ownership of that content, and it can be updated uh, uh, 
across a vast amount of users. And um, the underlying technology of Bitcoin, Bitcoin being the first use case, which is the transfer of value over the internet peer-to-peer, -peer, blockchain now allows us to do other things. Um, like instead of just having a, a movement of value, we can store software itself and, and business logic on a blockchain. Um, and that, that becomes immutable, which means it can't change, which is very powerful because it allows us to have confidence in data. And um, maybe our, the, the audience here would relate a little bit more with this idea of confidence. Really what blockchain is coming to do is to disrupt the uh, trust, disrupt how trust is generated in our society right now. Because the way that we generate trust between two strangers is with an intermediary, a third party. Usually that's, it could be a government institution, it could be a bank, it could be a regulator, uh, it could be a custodian. And um, blockchain allows us to generate confidence and trust between strangers in that data because we know that it can't be changed, can't be tampered with, without everybody knowing about it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's um, you asked about some of the benefits of blockchain. Well, it's, it's transparency, traceability, security in, in, in data in terms of it, you can hack one computer and it doesn't mean you're hacking the entire network. And more than anything, um, Michael Casey, which was a reporter for uh, many, many years and now joined Coindesk, which is one of the, the, the authorities, I would say, in, in the blockchain space. You know, he has a book called The Truth Machine, and he describes blockchain as that, a truth machine. And it can be applied to so many different use cases from health to finance, of course, to legal, to open government, open data, um, uh, immense amounts of sectors that everything's going to touch. And that's why we also say it's a fundamental technology, like the internet, right? The internet didn't come and just change finance or change um, media or, or health. It changed everything. It changed all of us. It changed the entire economy. And um, we truly believe blockchain has the power to do the same thing. That's so true. Thank you for giving us this huge insight of what is blockchain, what we can do with blockchain, how it works and where we can implement these things, that it overcomes everything as an all, a whole. So, again, when you were talking about trusting and everything, I love that concept because sometimes we truly don't trust on what we don't know about. But it's something that we need, we really need to highlight is that it overcomes the power. I can own my data. I can own and manage my data. And that comes with this new concept that we are starting to implement on different business and in different sectors that is coming to start being me as an entrepreneur, me as an own owner, a business owner. I'm going to be the first party. I'm not being the second party anymore. I'm not trading all the data with third parties to having different platforms. As we spoke in the last episode, we are not trading all this data with 
third parties platforms. Now we can own it and manage it. So how it can give me um, share with all of all of us an example of a very successful case that is implementing this technology. Right. Um, well, there's 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 many. Um, mm -hmm. I think uh, the transfer of value without a third party is a huge one, and that's what what Bitcoin accomplishes. Um, and then we have second generation blockchains like Ethereum, which allow us to do something called smart contracts, mm -hmm. which means save logic now on a blockchain. So if 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 Shanine and I enter into a contract, right, we say. You know, if it rains tomorrow in uh, San Jose, Costa Rica, I'm going to give you $100, right? Now, in traditional, uh, in the traditional sense, we'd probably draft up a contract. We would go to a lawyer. We'd both sign it, right? And then if it rained tomorrow, um, I'd say, well, did it really rain? I don't know. Um, it rains maybe outside of this city, but not really in the city. And you'd say, oh, it definitely rained. It definitely <laughs> rained. And we put it in the contract and you owe me $100. Mm -hmm. um, and you'd probably go to a lawyer and we'd go in front of a judge and they would decide, right? A third party would decide uh, whether that was the case or not. In that same example with the smart contract that's saved on the blockchain, a blockchain that neither you, Shanine, or me control, we would enter in that contract. We'd, we'd code it up as software. Mm -hmm. and say, if this happens, then that happens. Mm -hmm. uh, immediately, uh, the, the, this contract would be able to custodian those $100. So I would have to have the $100 already before even entering into this contract. Mm -hmm. um, and then we would insert uh, uh, the terms, right? So we could say, well, the weather system of Costa Rica is going to decide, right? And if the weather system of Costa Rica says that it rained more than you know, half an inch, um, then, then that's going to trigger this contract and that would happen. And then the next day there, it doesn't matter if you've got the best lawyer or, or if I'm the, you know, the, 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 the savviest talker and I can convince you it didn't rain when it did. Um, the software is going to execute. It's going to auto execute. It's going to respect the terms that you and I sign. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how, you know, if I have friends in politics or if I bribe a judge, um, if the conditions that we agreed upon happen, mm -hmm. the contract would auto-execute. And um, that's a very powerful thing. Um, and that we can, we can now think about insurance contracts that way, right? How many times do insurance contracts kind of say, well, I don't know, did, did it really, you know, do I need to pay you? Who's, whose fault was it? Maybe we'll pay you, I don't know. Um, and you gotta find lawyers and you have to go into contracts and read uh, fine print and, and decided, you know, a third party is going to decide whether that happens or not. But uh, I think one of the one of the most successful use cases of blockchain are this ability to save business logic, to save contracts between two perfect strangers, mm -hmm. um, and then and then have the confidence to know that it's going to execute as intended. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the protocol we work on, EOS EOSIO. Um, is a third generation blockchain that allows us to be way more efficient on, on coding these types of contracts. Um, some of the cool things that mm -hmm. I've seen um, people use blockchain for, 
Um, well, I'll mention some of the things we've done. We we built a blockchain system for one of the largest accounting firms in the world, um, where they trace um, intercompany transactions. So usually, uh, when it's a transaction within the same company, people don't pay too much attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but then auditors have to come in and check it later. This system allows you to audit in real time. So as you're saving in the blockchain, there's there's no way that one person can say something happened when, when the other person's not agreeing in real time. Um, we've also traced um, containers, so mm-hmm. containers and shipping. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, things get lost, things get damaged, and people will All say, well, oh, <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, the container left my depot, or it wasn't at my mm-hmm. place when that happened, or I don't know where it is, or look at the other guy because it wasn't me. Well, if we use blockchain to use traceability, we know exactly where it was at mm-hmm. that moment and whether it was damaged or not when it came in. And we can't go fudge the numbers later and change it, right? Once we put it on the blockchain and it's immutable, uh, we don't have control over that without all the other users knowing that I'm trying to change something, right? Um, some of the things that are a little bit more fun and less enterprise focused, um, we built an application called LifeBank. Mm-hmm. which allows you to uh, it, it incentivize blood donation. So if you're going to uh, donate blood, especially during COVID-19 and the pandemic, the blood supply went down since no one was leaving their house to go donate. Mm-hmm. Everybody was avoiding medical uh, facilities. Um, so this system uses a blockchain to incentivize uh, blood donations with a sort of a, a, a donation receipt. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have a monetary value, but it's, it's definitely something that has a confidence because it's on a blockchain that you didn't just, you know, copy it or, or fraud it. And um, and you can go to your local business and the local business that wants to support uh, donations can accept this token, which we, we call a life bank token mm-hmm. or a life token and and give you a discount or a free coffee or, you know, um, uh, you know, a free oil change or. Or, or whatever that this local business might do to support uh, blood donation. Um, that's another use case of blockchain that we've, that we've um, implemented. Um, for sports fans out there. <laughs> Yay! Uh, <there's, laughs> Thank you. There's, there's, uh, there's something called NBA Top Shot, mm-hmm. which is um, by the, the National Basketball Association, the actual league. And what they're doing is they're selling highlights. NBA highlights, mm-hmm. and that NBA highlight is content that you can buy and you own. You own the rights to that awesome shot that LeBron did, or you know the famous Michael Jordan fadeaway, um, and you can own that on a blockchain. It's yours uh, in, a, in a token that represents that, and uh, and you see NBA fans all over the world now buying highlights of their little slips, little videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's owned on a blockchain. I think that's so, so cool, right? That you know, if you see a, a rookie player do a great shot, you can go in there, buy that highlight, and who knows? Maybe in, in a few years, uh, you can sell that highlight to Coca-Cola or something, and they'll use it in some of their some of their advertising. But stuff like that that you'd never imagine that's going on right now, tokenizing content, sports highlights. Exactly. So that's another reinsurance that actually blockchain is around everything and it should be implemented on every single aspect of our life how you can the way that you manage to use this technology developing a platform to actually help other people 
in a time as the pandemic that we are suffering right now is unbelievable and is outstanding. So I would like you to tell us a little bit more about this. Before that, I would like you to explain to us, to us about the EOS.io third protocol. Why you start implementing that? Why don't choose the Ethereum or Bitcoin? What's the difference and disadvantages? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we started um, investigating um, blockchains probably in 2013, 2014. Um, and, uh, you know, Bitcoin has a very specific use case, which is a movement of value between peer to peer without the use of a third party. Mm -hmm. um, Ethereum allows, introduces the concept of smart contracts that I described earlier, but it has scalability. Uh, mm -hmm. issues, which means um, you can only do so many transactions and the, and the network can get congested and become very expensive to do, uh, to run this business logic, run these little pieces of software on a blockchain. And we've seen that right now with Ethereum actually, where um, gas fees are very, very high, which mm -hmm. what I mean by that is the resources to use a blockchain, a public blockchain have become more and more expensive. And so we've, we started researching different types of blockchains with different types of uh, consensus mechanisms. So basically the way they produce trust and how, the, how they're governed um, and how they, they use resources. And we discovered uh, EOSIO, which was built by um, Dan Larimer, uh, who had created a couple of blockchains before that already, had a good track record of, um, of being able to to, to build these type of, uh, of protocols. And in 2018, we decided to launch EOS Costa Rica um, to do three things. One, mm -hmm. run the infrastructure needed from our data center to run these blockchains. So we have nodes, which basically are a full copy of the ledger running from a data center here in San Jose, Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. Two, develop, develop applications, enterprise applications. Um, and three, uh, provide developer content and training for for developers in Costa Rica and Latin America in Spanish and in English to be able to develop on this on this new protocol. And the reason we chose EOSIO is uh, one, it's got free transactions. So it's got a different resource model where uh, you don't have to pay per transaction. Mm -hmm. You basically have, um, you have an, a certain allotment depending on how much of the network you own. Mm -hmm. So you buy tokens that allow you to use the network indefinitely. Mm -hmm. And this is really, really important, um, especially for user experience. So I'll, I'll use this analogy and hopefully uh, it, it, it transmits better to, to, to the audience. Imagine if at the beginning of the internet, mm -hmm. every time you went to a website, you would have to pay. So you'd have to pay, I don't know, maybe 50 cents of a dollar or 25 cents. But every mm -hmm. time you went to go visit a website, they'd say, oh, you need a certain amount of money in your wallet to look at this domain. Look at this domain. That would have been a very bad user experience, right? True. It's like a, a toll for every time you use the Internet. Mm -hmm. uh, instead, instead uh, what you do is you, you have to buy a domain. You need a space on the Internet to put your content, your 4 Geeks uh, podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to pay for that. But once you have the domain, you don't have to, uh, the users don't have to pay for every time they go. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a much better user experience, right? I think we'd agree on that. 
Uh, well, that's very similar in terms of, of transaction fees for blockchains. Right now, if I want to use an Ethereum-based application, mm -hmm. I, I, the user, need to pay for the transaction fees. So every time I do something, I have to pay a little bit of that toll, right, for mm -hmm. using the network. Um, EOS is built on a different type of, of uh, consensus me mechanism and resource uh, allocation system. Mm -hmm. That basically what it is, is you want to run a business, you want to have a website, you want to have an application, you need to buy space, right? Like real estate, like I need to have my little space in the mall to put up my business. Exactly. And then as, as many people can come in as, as you want, right? Mm -hmm. um, into that space, but I do have to, to initially buy the space uh, necessary. So that's why it's, it's free transactions, um, but there is an investment too that you need to make, similar to like buying a domain or buying a, uh, a place in the mall for you to put up your business. Mm -hmm. um, and, and clearly, if you've got too many people coming in and out of your business, you might consider getting a bigger place, right? <laughs> exactly. So if you've got, a very, you've got a very active application on the blockchain, um, then you would probably buy more resources so there's less congestion of, of people coming in and, and using it. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why the main reason we picked EOS, because of the free transactions and because of the user experience that it allows. And if we want mass adoption of blockchain applications, the user experience needs to be easy. It needs to be just as, as intuitive and as easy as, um, as uh, you know, as using email or going to a website. So mm -hmm. um, that's why we picked uh, EOS as one of the main reasons, along with other benefits mm -hmm. uh, that we can get into if, uh, if we have the time. But that's the number one difference. Thank you for that, because actually that's a main and very distinctive benefit and a huge disadvantage. You actually open our eyes, our eyes, <laughs> through this same technology and explaining with these very dynamic examples. So, going through that same path, you told us that that's the main reason, among other reasons, why your business actually go from choosing or using a technology as Ethereum, Ethereum to EOS IO. Can you tell me um, some add value that EOS Costa Rica delivers to the market, mainly in the software development and the administration market? Yeah, I think. Um, what are the, one of the biggest, besides the free transactions, another reason mm -hmm. why we chose EOSIO, uh, for all the developers maybe in the audience here is that the smart contracts, the code that you use mm -hmm. is in a language that's already very well known, C++. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to, if you want to build smart contracts on Ethereum, mm -hmm. you need to learn a completely new language called Solidity. And, uh, for de developers to adopt that. It's a it's a bigger barrier to entry. A lot there's already uh, thousands of developers that, that can program in C um, and and that that we thought was important. What, what we tried to pr bring value the, to the to the market right now mm -hmm. is one we build for real world applications. We don't build um, for uh, just uh, you know the the blockchain users already. Um, we try and and hide the blockchain mm -hmm. as much as possible because we want to focus on what the value to the user is. Mm -hmm. So for another analogy, um, it's like 
if I'm selling you a house, mm-hmm. I don't I don't focus on the plumbing, right? I focus on the great entryway, the great light that you have, what your family is going to be like growing in this in this place, what how, what great uh, utility you're going to get out of that backyard. It might have great plumbing, and mm-hmm. plumbing is definitely important, right? <laughs> yes. But you don't sell you don't sell a house saying, "Oh, you got copper plumbing, and it's great, <laughs> and this is exactly why you're going to do it." And what we see in the market a lot is people selling blockchain applications, and all they talk about is a blockchain. Mm-hmm. The blockchain is 10% of the application, right? It allows you to do a lot of cool stuff to, to, to provide transparency, traceability, real-time auditing, um, uh, 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 cheap transactions trust between uh, strangers, but that's not the, the end value. The mm-hmm. end value is, cool, how do I own an a NBA highlight? Mm-hmm. That's what you're selling, you know? So what we try to do is very, we're very user-centric. We're like, how was the user gonna get value out of this? Uh, you know, you don't sell the internet in your website by, by explaining what TCP IP is, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the different protocols behind the internet. Mm-hmm. Same thing, we, d- we don't concentrate on the plumbing, we concentrate on how great it is for that user to live in the house if you end up buying it. So that's one value we bring. Um, we're, we're very much real-world focused and user focused. And uh, I, I will also mention we've made a great effort to incorporate the community and to provide great documentation for developers to get started in this. Um, you know, the amount of growth that mm-hmm. blockchain uh, is going to have in the next five years is immense. And the amount of opportunity it's going to provide mm-hmm. is immense. Um, but you need to have the training and the developer re- resources available. And uh, sadly, it's, 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 it's mostly available in English. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly written by developers. So it's not <laughs> yeah. very user-friendly. That's so true. What, we try, what we try to do at uh, guide.eoscostarica.io or guias.eoscostarica.io is provide the documentation needed for you to get started in this and, and, and start a career here. Um, so we provide value by bringing, you know, developer training, webinars, content, um, and guides for anyone who's new, uh, whether they're in tech or not, mm-hmm. um, to, to get into this space. And two, we also focus on needed for you to get started in this and, and, and start a career here. Um, so we provide value by bringing, you know, developer training, webinars, content, um, and guides for anyone who's new, uh, whether they're in tech or not, mm-hmm. um, to, to get into this space. And two, we also focus on students, and we've been partnering with uh, the university here in Costa Rica and other universities globally mm-hmm. about uh, getting uh, our intern program and getting uh, young people involved early mm-hmm. on in this technology um, because it really is a a game changer, and I think I invite anyone in your audience as well, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're non-technical or technical, uh, to look into blockchain because there's so many opportunities. You know, we need as many uh, C++ developers and front-end, back-end as we need philosophy majors, uh, law students, and uh, and community organizers, mm-hmm. right? Because, um, as I mentioned, it encompasses so many different sectors, but there's so many opportunities, and uh, and uh, hopefully, you know. Our efforts uh, allow more developers and more people to get involved and adopt this technology, specifically in Costa Rica and Latin America, but hopefully globally as well, we can make an impact. That's great. That's super great. Thank you for that insight as well. Now, I have two lasting questions that we received from our audience. One of them 
before we end this amazing episode. Thank you very much for your collaboration, by the way. Once again, thank you, Edgar. So one of the, that question is, is to refute a myth that we all have regarding this specific topic because we don't, um, we don't research enough to actually and adequately inform, get informed. So one question is, how this decentralized technology, by not being regulated by any entity, can guarantee the security of the data in stores to those who implement it? Yes. Well, mm -hmm. um, just because there's, it's, it's not that it's not regulated. There are definitely mm -hmm. rules. There's just no regulators. And the, what, 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 what regulates a blockchain really is incentives. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's, 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 it's very elegant in the way that game theory kind of comes into, into blockchain. I mean, definitely research what, I know there's a lot of different protocols, but mm -hmm. um, the main ones all have, all have governance coded into how um, users and, and um, entities can run nodes and what they can do and what permissions they have. So I would say it's, it's rules without rulers. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's regulation without regulators. And mm -hmm. that's the cool part, right? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean that it's a free-for-all and you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, but how do you ensure, how do you trust the integrity of your data? Mm -hmm. uh, um, well, one, you validate it yourself. You have an entire copy of that. So just because you can, you can verify yourself uh, whether your data has been tampered or changed. Mm -hmm. If it's on a centralized party, Like if you have just a database, um, you know, in AWS or Google Cloud or et cetera, uh, you're trusting that no one has had access to your data, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and cybersecurity and hackers are so sophisticated that they usually uh, hide their trails. So if you're thinking, I'm a business entrepreneur or I'm a CTO of a large company, I want to implement blockchain, but I'm afraid that that um, people are going to tamper with my data, mm -hmm. what's much more secure than using a centralized system, right? A centralized yes. system is, the, the honeypot is all in one place. Mm -hmm. You only have to go to one place to get it, right? Um, when it's decentralized, everybody has um, a, a full copy of it. And if you change one copy, yeah, you would have to change all, all at least uh, 51%. And mm -hmm. That's what they call a 51% attack. It means a hacker would have to gain access to 51% of all the computers running that blockchain in order to change it, which is extremely hard, mm -hmm. um, if not impossible, with some blockchains. So um, I would say uh, if you're comparing centralized to decentralized around security, uh, decentralized would definitely win out, mm -hmm. um, whether, whether there's regulators or not, because it's easy. It, blockchain allows it to be easy to verify yourself. Don't, mm -hmm. You don't have to trust in someone else to say it hasn't been tampered with. I can, mm -hmm. I can do that myself. I can, I can uh, I run the software myself and verify it myself. Thank you. Once again, with blockchain, we can verify that we have the total access and ownership of our data and how we manipulate that data. And last, if you have some recommendations or tips for business that wish to implement these technologies for their daily transactions. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, we actually have a great um, 
form on our website that says, do you need blockchain? Mm -hmm. And it's exactly built for businesses to kind of go through a questionnaire of, or a quiz of, wait, do I even need this? Mm -hmm. um, and so I recommend that people check that out. It's usually, a, it gives you a, a, a good view in, into whether you need it or not. I would say if you've got mm -hmm. um, a lot of users that have to access the same data that don't necessarily trust each other in your organization, mm -hmm. um, you might have a, 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 a use case for blockchain. Um, if you have a lot of levels of permissioning and bureaucracy, of people need to sign off, mm -hmm. right? That's that's the way of creating confidence mm -hmm. because um, you know you don't trust each other in actually executing it. So you need levels of approvals. And if you've got a lot of people that have to sign to approve things, a lot of roles and permissioning, mm -hmm. uh, you have you have you could have a, a blockchain, a case for blockchain. And I think if you have a lot of um, you know, a lot of businesses are going through digital transformation, right? If you've got a lot of paper signatures, pa pieces of paper moving back and forth, waiting for people's signatures in order to, for something to happen or to move, um, make sure that blockchain is part of your digital transformation because you might be leapfrogging things, mm -hmm. right? Right now, you're moving from paper to a centralized database that everything's digital. Well, why don't you just move from paper to a decentralized database like a blockchain? And um, it might be saving you a lot of headache later on in the years. It's like, it's like moving from... Um, you know, a lot of a lot of emerging uh, uh, markets mm -hmm. didn't have to move from from dial-up internet to broadband because mobile phones. Um, you know, they moved to mobile, so mm -hmm. everybody was like, "Well, I already have you know 4G or in the close to 5G." So you might be leapfrogging technology. Um, so I would say I would say those three things. If you've got uh, uh, multiple users that don't necessarily trust each other. Mm -hmm. For example, for example, my business and a regulator, mm -hmm. my business and an auditor, um, a federated business, maybe I'm a franchisee and sure, he's another franchise, but I don't really trust each other of him holding all my data or them holding mine uh, or the other way around. Uh, you might have a case if you've got a lot of roles and permissioning in your organization hierarchy that the only reason there is to create trust um, and, and probably push blame, um, <laughs> you might have a case. And, and definitely, if you're going through digital transformation already, uh, moving from paper to digital, um, you should look into it. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much. So now for the ending, I would like to know, this is my personal question. <laughs> What's next for this new technology? What do you believe are the next steps that we need to follow or what is coming next for us? Yeah. Um, some things that I think are um, key to the success of this technology is mm -hmm. self-sovereign ID, self-sovereign ID and verified credentials. And what do I mean by that? And that's coming in the pipeline right now is, mm -hmm. is right now you, you are you, you became, you become, you become ID'd because a third party, the government gives you an ID, right? And mm -hmm. that's your identity. Um, but how can we do that being self-sovereign, right? Because so many people in the world don't have access to ID, mm -hmm. uh, whether refugees, migrants, people where the government doesn't exist anymore, people that don't have access to, to go have ID. And if you don't have an ID, you can't open a bank account, you can't have health services, you can't, you can't travel, you can't move around, you can't buy property. Um, so it's fundamental to, the, to, to human uh, existence to the ability, you know, to, to pursue happiness in a way 
to have ID. And right now, we have to depend on sometimes corrupt governments or governments mm-hmm. that are un- un- ineffective uh, to give this ID. So how do we move to uh, self-sovereign ID and decentralized ID um, where it's n- not just the government says who I am, but I say who I am and the relationships around me say who I am and we can verify that, mm-hmm. um, uh, that's going to change. That's going to be a game changer. And, uh, we should really look at, look, look into that or, or look, uh, keep our eyes open for self-sovereign ID and, and decentralized ID. And then the other thing that is very exciting, and I already kind of alluded to it, is this idea of a, of a digital ownership. Mm-hmm. And in blockchain, it's called non-fungible tokens or NFTs. And when I was talking about that NBA highlight, mm-hmm. that's a non-fungible token. It's digital scarcity. There only exists one of that highlight, mm-hmm. right? Even though it's a video that you can circulate and copy and everything, there's only one owner. And mm-hmm. you can prove that ownership by, by way of digital scarcity. And we'll, we'll be having a lot of that where um, each podcast might be an NFT might be a token that only one exists and um, you will own that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can't be uh, defrauded or each song, right? Um, we'll be able to to pay by streaming for the amount of seconds that we listen to a song that an artist has uh, instead of having all the infrastructure in the music industry. So um, in, in a game, right? Um, mm-hmm. When you, you know, video games and gaming and esports, uh, when you have a digital asset, that's your true ownership, um, and you can buy and sell that digital asset, even though it's in a virtual world. Um, that's going to be um, powered by by non fungible tokens and NFT and, and a blockchain. So keep your eye out for that. It's going to be very very cool. Yeah, that's true. That's super true. So thank you once again. I know I say you thank you so many times, but you don't know how grateful we are to have you here with us, sharing a little bit of your experience and knowledge, knowing. And being so, how you say this, so approachable to actually explain in a way that we all can understand. That's super friendly. Thank you for that. And, you know, guys, this is no longer the future. This is no longer um, a movie we're watching of what is coming next as, I don't know, the fifth element or something like that. No, it's actually a reality. It's something that is happening right now and that we know, we need to know more about this and to own it. Now on, we have a greater role in the digital world. We have, we are participators, but we are not just sitting and watching everything happen and pass along. Now we can have a say, we have voting, we can own our data and we can own our role within this new digital world. Thank you once again to, ha- to be here with us. Thank you guys for watching another episode of this podcast. And we hope we can have you back with us explaining a little bit more about other aspects of this very huge and compensated technology. Well, thank you so much for the invitation, Shanine. And um, sure, I'd love to be back whenever you'll have me. I, I, I'm passionate about talking about this, if you haven't noticed. So um, we could go on and on for hours, and I hope to be back. <laughs> thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day, guys, as well. That's all for today. Thank you all for joining us. For more ideas on how to grow your business with marketing and technology on your side, or a recap of our latest episodes, feel free to check out our 4Geeks global social media. 
If you need additional help to bring out the best in your business, don't be shy and get in touch with us at 4geeks.io slash contact. See you soon with a new episode.